my first time here, the, I saw the lighting, I saw the visual, I hear the music. But you know what excites me more than all of those? When you take away, even if you take away the music, even if you take away the, harp, the, the, the visual, even if you take away the lighting, you have the Spirit of God. Amen. And that is the thing that counts. Yeah. When we peel aside every layer of the thing that we use mm. to worship God, yeah. it is the presence of God in our heart that reach Him and touch Him. And treasure that. Yeah. Treasure that. In the days to come, you might even have better facilities than this. Amen. You might have the latest of everything. But never forget that despite all these layers of things that yeah. we have, unless we have the Spirit of God right. within yeah. us, it means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, amen. Most of you who haven't seen me for a long time, I thought today I would start by, first of all, putting on a, a portrait from, of myself so that you can see me. <laughs> I want to talk about frog today. Because it might surprise you that when I think about frogs, it keeps me rooted to God. For two simple reasons. When I mention frog, what are the stories about frog that come to mind? The, f the what? The frog? The frog and the princess. You heard that story before. The, 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 the first one that comes to my mind is, the, the Malay proverb about a frog under a coconut shell. And the reason why it continually draws me closer to God is because I'm very mindful that I do not allow my world to be the totality of what God wants in my life. I'm very mindful that my church is the only thing that I see and I feel. I'm very mindful that because I move in the Christian circle, that this is the totality of my world. And therefore, I'm like a frog under a coconut shell. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And as a result, it caused me to draw closer to God so that that doesn't happen to me. Because the world is bigger than your church. Amen. The world is bigger than just the spiritual environment that we are in. Yeah. Yeah. The second story about frog that draw me closer to God is the frog in the boiling water syndrome. The story goes that you put a frog in the cold water, and you slowly turn on the, 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 the power, the, the fire, that the frog would not know how to jump out when the water starts boiling. Yeah. 
And it speaks to me about how we could be very comfortable in our environment. We attend a church where the worship is hot. You might even attend a church where the preaching is hot. It's not today, but most other days. You might be in a church where the fellowship is hot. But in the midst of all this hot thing, you could still be spiritually cold and dead in that environment. And that, 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 when I think about this situation with all these frogs, it began to draw me closer to God to say, God, don't let me fall into that category. And it goes back, it relates back to two verses in the Bible that really, really continually to remind me to stay in tune with God. And the first one is this. It says, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wonder astray. I know there's different version. There are some of it that says that without a vision, the people perish. But I like, I like this version from Dr. Howard Falks. And he says, without the continuous redemptive revelation of Yahweh, the people of God is in the state of wasting away. What it means is this. If we are like a frog that is under the tamperung and never stretch our spirit so that God could speak to us the, the continually about a redemptive revelation in our life, that you and I are in a state of wasting away. You know, for many years, I understand this verse, and I thought that it applies to the church. That means, if the church pastor and the church leader have not been consistently receiving revelation from God, and therefore leading the church with a clear vision and a clear passion, that the church will be in a state of wasting away. Yeah. I, I thought that is what it meant. And it does mean that. It does mean, it does put the responsibility on the church pastor, the church leadership, to continually cast a vision before you so that you could be channeled into your call of God. But lately, I begin to understand that it's more than that. In fact, this verse does not really that much pertain to the church, but it pertains to you as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. That means if in your life, you are not consistently having this redemptive revelation from God, you are in a state of wasting away spiritually. Just you and I. And, and let, let me prove this to you. Because if we go on to the next verse, Ephesians 4, let's, the church as a whole have the fivefold ministry. Mm. And the purpose of that fivefold ministry is so that it can equip you and I, I, I like this one, it says, and prepare all the holy believers. Who are the holy believers? Yes. To prepare the holy believers believers 
to do their own work of ministry. It is not the church works of ministry, but the own work of ministry that God has revealed to you your true calling. And unless you and I fulfill that, you will never see the next phase that says, you see, unless you and I fulfill that call of God, we will never see the next phase. And it says, and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. You, 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 you understand where I'm getting at now? Yeah. It is not the responsibility of the church to really focus you on specific vision. It is the responsibility of the church to train and equip you and prepare you so that you can receive yeah. the calling yourself and be equipped to go out and fulfill that vision. Yeah. When you do that, then, then you begin to see how the God could bless and flourish the church. You begin to understand why, therefore, that a frog under a coconut shell is type of attitude, type of congregation, is never going to do anything yeah, to yeah, expand yeah, the kingdom of God. Yeah. There's another verse that relates to this frog thing that really continually draw me closer to God. And that is, let, let me talk about this first. When you don't have that, when you don't have that continual redemptive revelation of God in your life, we'll be just like the people who lose our sight. When you lose your sight, what is the first thing that you lose? Your sense of direction. You don't have that vision, you will lose your spiritual sense of direction. And when you lose your spiritual sense of direction, that is when you lose your future that God has prepared for you. And that's why it's so important that each one of us, that we begin to realize the importance of receiving this continuous redemptive revelation from Yahweh so that you and I are not in the state of wasting away. The next verse that really relates to the frog and draw me back to God is this, this verse. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the realm of the heaven kingdom. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. No, no. The next verse is the, oh, the, the kicker. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? Now, how many of you have a ministry as powerful of that, as that? You are the prophet. You prophesy over people. Miracles happen when you... How many of you? Most probably none of us in this room. We should be like that, but none of us. But even people like he whose ministry is as powerful as that, what did Jesus say to them? But I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I have never been joined to you. In other translation, it says, I never knew you. And I was thinking, God, you know everybody and you know everything. 
What do you mean, I never knew you? It could be that what it means is that you never knew me. Despite all this fantastic ministry, you know, why, why does this continue to draw me closer to God? Because I realize that for people of us who are gifted, well, I know that sounds very presumptuous, like I am gifted, but people of <laughs> us, for people of us who have a certain element of gift from God, we could over emphasize our gifting. We could be so comfortable in our gifting, just like that frog, just being so comfortable in an environment that even when the water boils, he didn't know what to do. We could be so focused on our gifting that we forget about the gifter. And many of us who have gifting falls into this type of danger. You know, if you were here, or well, in the old building many, many months ago, you heard me share about my experience one day while I was in Penang, sitting at the beach looking at the sunset, sunrise. And I remember that on that particular day, when I was looking at the sunrise, God told me, He said, look at that boat. And there was a small fishing boat that passed by. How many of you remember that story? One, two, three, four. Yes, good. Four, four out. And I, I remember looking at the boat and just arguing with God. God, I've seen the boat before. I just look at that boat. And as I was beginning to look at that boat, and I was asking God, what do you want me to look at? Because it's just a simple fishing boat. I says, look at it. And I began to realize that that small boat, as it began to pass, create wave. And the wave got bigger and bigger. So I was asking, so what does it mean? And you know, it shocked me. Because what I felt he spoke to me that day was the fact was this. That I have given you gift. And because of the gift that I have given you, you can make wave. And some of you have such big gifting that you will make big wave. Super big wave. But he says, watch that boat. And as I watch that boat sail by, the next five minutes, it disappeared into the horizon. And then I look at the water in front of me. It was as flat as if the boat had never passed that water. And he speaks to me that if you operate on your gifting and your focus is on your gifting and you do what you think you like to do. You're going to be just like that boat. You can create wave. Five months after you yeah. die, right. it is as if you have never entered this world. Yeah. And then and then, he says, look to your right. The place where I stay in Penang was about half a kilometer from the Penang Bridge. And as I looked on my right, I saw the Penang Bridge still brightly lit. And the God spoke to me and says, but if you, if you live your life according to my way, then you can be that bridge. That even after you die, thousands will find their way to their calling. 
It, 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 you, 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 you see, sometimes we get so carried away by our gifting and we are so focused on it that we forget the gifter have a bigger plan for us than what we are able to do. Yeah. You know, if you always operate in your gifting, you don't need faith. You understand what I'm saying? It is when you begin to step up in the area where you know God, if you don't show up, I am dead. That is where you see miracles happen. And this verse continues to draw me. Now, we need to understand this. That if we're going to live a life where we continually live with the redemptive revelation of God and not fall prey to be comfortable in our own gifting alone, then we need to understand that two questions need to be answered. That you and I consistently must ask God two questions. The first question is, what is your will for me? for my tomorrow. That means, what, what, what is your plan for me? And the chances are, you will never receive a full picture. If you are waiting for all the pieces to come together before you do anything, you will never do anything. But we must ask that question, what is your plan for me for tomorrow? The reason why you won't get the full picture is because Something else must precede that question. And that question is, what is your will for me today? You know, a lot of us, we stop asking that question anymore. We ask for God's plans over our life, but we don't ask about what He wants us to do just for today. If you don't ask that question, you will never get a chance to see what He has prepared for you for your tomorrow. Let me elaborate on this a bit. Following His will for you for the moment leads you to His plan for your future. If you don't hear and obey His word for you today, you will not see His plan for you for tomorrow. It's as simple as that. The next statement says this. What you hear today determines what you receive tomorrow. Let me put all this together and explain to you what is happening. You know, most of us, we want the full picture of God. God, show us what is your plan for our life. And God will show you, but you're going to be bits and pieces here and there. But the key thing is that we need to be asking, what do you want me to do today? Because unless we respond to His call for us today, you will never see the full picture of what is going on. You know, it it could be a very simple thing. It could be that He's speaking to you that, can you please, on every Friday, please tap out some rice to Mr. and Mrs. Lim because their children goes back to the kampung on that day. It's a simple thing. It, it could simply be that, you know, three doors away, there's a, 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 a couple that just give birth to a new baby. And because uh, they have two other children, on Saturday, they don't have time to go shopping. That 
God might be speaking to you and says, hey, can you go take care of the children for three hours? It could be a simple thing that calls one of your colleagues and asks them out to lunch. You know, if we don't listen to this type of thing, you will never be able to hear what else God has planned for you. And I know some of you are saying, but Titi, you don't understand. I'm called to change the nation. I'm called to impact the world. Well, praise God. Start by impact, impacting one person at a time. You know, uh, you know it's very interesting. Uh, the, the reason why I love Penang is because I, I, I find that I hear God more in Penang than in KL. <laughs> because here, all they do is they take me for makan. You know, I, I, you know one day I, 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 I was walking in, in this place where I was staying, and I enjoy walking there every morning. They have a walking track. And as I walked, there was a track. And I discover that on the day that it rains, there's a lot of earthworm that crawl up to the track. I think because of the flood, they don't want to get drowned. But I think the other reason is because the track is warmer. So they climb on the track. But you know, during the day, as the sun goes up, some of them didn't find their way back to the ground. And they got dried. And as you walk along, you see so many dry worms. But once in a while, you find one that is still struggling. And you know, I always have a dilemma. Do I pick this guy up? Because he's still alive. So I bend down, I pick one up, and I throw him back. I feel a bit good. I walk 10 steps, there's another one. And it breaks your momentum. And as I walk and I keep, you know, saying, is this worth it? There's still plenty of worms that die. I'm, am I saving the, the worm world? <laughs> you know, the strangest thing was that I, I just felt that, yeah, it might not make a difference to the worm world, but it makes the difference to the one that I dropped back. And, and we, we need to live this type of life. Yeah. That the small thing that God asks us to do, if unless we keep doing it, we will never see the big thing that is happening. Her name was Agnes Bujehu. Agnes didn't come from a big family. He didn't even come from a rich family. He doesn't have a rich husband. In fact, he doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a husband. She wasn't very educated. But she listened to God. One day she was walking back from somewhere and she saw an old couple that was homeless and was devastated. And just felt that God promised him to just go approach this couple. And she went and ministered to them. And pretty soon she began to realize everywhere she goes, she sees this type of people. You, you, you understand or not? You know, sometimes when you begin to respond to God in one instant, you begin, God begins to open your eyes to a lot of other things. Yeah. Cut the whole story short. Eventually, her passion grew. And she went to Calcutta. The rest is history. Because I know her as Agnes Bujehu, 
you know her as Mother Teresa. Yeah. Started with just one cup. A friend of mine was helping to do a Nepalese ministry. He's a highly qualified professional, he's a consultant, who is very involved in the community. And through this Nepalese ministry, he began to know a lot of Nepalese family. And one day, he just felt that he needs to go to Nepal to visit one of the old family that was here before. And he went. When he got there, he found that this guy, who used to be in Penang, had gone back to Nepal, and he lost everything. His wife left him, because while he was away, another man came to romance the wife. Why? Because the wife got money, which he sent. And when he went back, he had nothing. He had no wife, he had no money, no nothing. And he began to realize that this is a terrible type of situation. And God began to put in his heart just for this one family, how do I prevent this guy from having this type of thing happen to him again? How do we prevent them from not having to go overseas to work so that they can send money back and then lose their whole family? How do we do that? And he was walking around one day and he saw a Nepalese family selling honey. And he bought a bottle and it was one of the best honey he ever tasted because bees from the highland somehow are more choosy about which flower they go. You know? Men, there's a message for you somewhere. <laughs> and and he began to realize that, oh, if I could really teach them how to grow honey, maybe they don't have to leave their country. And he came back for two years, he studied about honey. And finally, he had enough knowledge that he went back and began to go to this different village and get all these Nepalese men to start honey farm. And he buys all the honey that they produce she went back to Malaysia and he rebottled it. It is called Maha Honey. And now they are the one of the best selling honey in Malaysia. And it's one of the best honey you can, your money can buy. It was a whole industry. Why? Because God showed him one family. But many of us, we want to see the whole industry first. You know, begin to dawn on me as I travel everywhere to different churches. Why is it that so many churches and so many Christians have already stopped asking that question? God, what is your plan for my life? What is your plan for me today? Not just my future, but today. I begin to realize that a lot of Christians have stopped asking that. And I was wondering, why? Now, perhaps because they already know the answer. 
that all of you right now already know what God called you to do and your vision is clear, then I was thinking, it cannot be. Because if it is, then you will be doing what God wants you to do and every one of you will be doing that and this church should be exploding from the seam. But is it happening in the kingdom of God? Is it happening? Come on, talk to me. No. So it could not be that everybody have found the answer. It could it be that nobody is asking the question? And I was thinking, does it have to do with age? Is it because, like this church, you stop asking because you're too young? Some of you still going to uni. Some of you are build, building your career. Some of you having families. We're too young to ask. But then I go to the older churches and they're not asking. Is it because they're too old? I really grandfather, no time. Does it have anything to do about being too young or too old? No, no, no. I think the real reason is because we are too busy. And some of us are, are busy doing God's work. We forget to ask. And because we forget to ask, He doesn't reveal to us. And when He doesn't reveal to us, we become just like those frogs. One very interesting happen, thing what happened to me last trip I came. I was in this church we have, which has a hundred years history. An old church. But it's one of those old church that are thriving. They don't grow like that, but they're growing like that. And for many years, I was always wondering, why is this church different? Why is it the fact that although they are old traditional churches, they are still vibrant, they are still plowing along, they are still growing, the people are so excited about God. Why? Until the next trip, last trip, I begin to spend a lot of time with the people in that church and I begin to realize one thing. Although that church never had any formal uh, uh, program to connect with the community, they don't have outreach program. They, they do have a mission uh, department. Although they don't have clear outreach program for all the churches or members to follow, I realized that their member on their own was connecting with the community like no other churches I knew. You know, their they have politicians and quite high up politicians in their church. Their politicians are making a difference in the political world. Among the, the politicians, they are making an impact about what Jesus is doing in their life. I discover that this church has a lot of teachers and some of the high-grade teachers. And most of the teachers were involved in developing young people and developing 
uh, programs that allow Christians to engage, to help mentor and nurture all these young people. They are, they, are, they are connected. I discover that their businessmen are connected to the business world in such a way that they were helping to lead the business uh, people in their community in the way that Christians are supposed to do business. There's one lady who was so passionate about lady entrepreneur that she began to start a fellowship for just women who owns businesses, and she will mentor them. And I spoke to their, their, their housewife. You know, their housewife was so connected with the community. Most of them that I spoke to have a family that they're ministering to, a family where they have uh, 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 children with special needs. Sometimes some of the family have parents that it's hard to kick. They were connected. And you know, I spoke to young, two young ladies that run a company that has a uh, consulting company that mentors and trains businessmen who wants to merge or who wants to lead their company into a, 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 to be listed in the stock market. These are high-level mentoring. And these, these two young ladies not only have that, they have a program where they, they, they develop to train young people to help develop from from uh, primary school to university student to develop self-discovery, their uh, uh, personal development, financial planning, and eventually their vision. And I was so impressed with them. You know why? Because as I began to speak with them, I realized that every step of their, their way, they cover their delivery with prayer. And that is what the secret to the church. Why, although they don't have specific uh, program to connect to the, uh, to, the, to the community, every one of, of their congregation, well, not everyone, a lot of the congregation realize that they need to have a vision of their own and they are connected. And you know what's the best thing is this? I spoke to the pastor. I told the pastor about this. Half the time, the pastor doesn't even know that this type of thing is happening. <laughs> and that is the beautiful thing. It got so big that the pastor is not aware of it. So today, I just want to leave you with this. Frogs. Next time you see a frog, Don't let them remind me, you of me. <laughs> Remember that we must not live like a frog yeah. under a coconut shell. Yeah. That we must be sensitive so that we do not stay in a pot of water where the worship is hot, the ministry is hot, the fellowship is hot, and we our spiritual life is as cold and as dead as anything else. Remember this. Without a vision, people perish. Without the continuous redemptive revelation of Yahweh, the people of God 
is in a state of wasting away. Let's bow in and pray. Father, thank you that consistently you have drawn us back just to the most important thing and that is your Holy Spirit. And this morning even as I share the word let it be your Holy Spirit that speaks to us continually speak to each one of us about your redemptive revelation for our specific life that we might be able Father God to obey you and to be used by you for the glory of your kingdom. You know, this morning I just want to speak to some of you. If, you. if you're here this morning and you're listening to what I'm saying, but you're saying, but I, I really don't know the God that you are talking about. I really don't know this Holy Spirit. I, I, I really don't know this God that could, 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 could talk to people. This, this Jesus. If you are here this morning and you have not known this God, I just want to give you the opportunity to respond to His call upon your life. Give you the opportunity to invite him to be part of your life. If that is you this morning and you have never invited Jesus into your life and you're saying, I'd like to know that God so that I could have a purpose in my life. Now, if that is you and you have never done it before and you would like to do it today, to just invite Jesus into your life, could I ask you just, while all head is bowed and all eyes is closed, to just lift up your hand. Let me see your hand. It will be a privilege for me to pray with you. Anyone here? You have never done this before and you're saying, God, Jesus, I want to know you. And I want to invite you into my life. If that is you, let me ask one more time. If that is you, would you quickly put up your hand? Let me see your hand and you can put it down. Anyone else at all? Father, I thank you. Thank you for the day. Continue to burn the word that is spoken into each one of our hearts that we will know, Jesus, you are all we need. And Holy Spirit, quicken our spirit so that we will be fast to obey you. Speak to each one of our life specifically right now. I give you thanks. I bless you. And I glorify your name this morning. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much.
This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.